Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one argumentative page of Talmud every day. Why am I shouting? Why argumentative? Well, because if you know anything, anything at all about the Talmud, it's probably that the Talmud is all about argument, right? We like to pride ourselves that there are so many great Jewish lawyers, say, because this kind of discursive method, the one that sanctifies dissent and dispute, is in our DNA because we're merely doing the same thing our ancestors, those wise rabbis, did day in and day out. But how precisely to argue? It's kind of a big question, especially these days when it seems we've utterly and completely lost all touch with this ancient and important art form. So, luckily, in today's stuff, the Talmud gives us a little story that could teach us everything we need to know about how to argue. Here it goes. It is taught on this matter in a baraita that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi says, When I went to learn Torah, from Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua, his students joined together against me like the roosters of Bet Bukaya, highly aggressive animals that do not allow other creatures to remain among them, and they did not let me learn there. And then Rabbi Odanasi goes on to state the one little piece of Torah that he did manage to learn from Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua. Now, when I first read this story, I felt absolutely enraged by the dastardly behavior of Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua's students. What jerks! I seethed as I imagined these young dude bros sitting there, slouched on their chairs at the Bet Midrash or House of Learning, dissing and disrespecting the stranger in their midst. And not just a stranger, but the great Rabbi Udahanasi, the compiler of the Mishnah, no less. There is, I thought, a modern and colloquial name to their behavior. Cancel culture. These students of Ben Shemua's saw a guy they didn't like and decided, as the kids say these days, to deplatform him, shouting him down so loudly and so violently that the good rabbi compared him to a flock of rowdy roosters. You don't have to be a particularly public figure to see this roosterism alive and well in every corner of our public discourse today. It's not just that the people who talk on TV shout much more than they listen. But try going on social media, say, and expressing an opinion, and you're more likely than not to get silenced by a shrieking chorus of cruel comments, often not only disagreeing with your opinion or statement, but also making cutting personal remarks that are difficult for all but the thickest-skinned person to take. Again and again and again these days, I hear from writers and educators and activists and artists and others whose personal and professional success and satisfaction depends on their ability to enjoy the free and unfettered exchange of ideas. And they're not feeling free or unfettered, they tell me, because they know that they're one tweet away from awakening some virtual mob all too giddy to demand that they be fired or disclose their personal address online or insult their family. The legendary roosters of Bet Bukaya would have felt right at home in this malicious, malignant environment. And I well, be honest, I felt sort of depressed when reading the story to think that this phenomenon, far from our own invention and innovation, was already known and common back then in the days of the Talmud. 
And then I read Rashi. As always, our greatest commentator shed new light on the situation, painting the scene in a radically different light. The Bet Bukaya rooster comparison, Rashi explained, was a compliment, not an insult. Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua's students were so sharp, so well-learned, so devoted to their studies that you couldn't just set a foreign rooster, an outside student, in their midst. They were, in other words, committed not only to debate, the sort of gentle and polite practice taught in kindergartens across America, but to something else altogether, to discussion as contact sport, to a shared total and unflinching and unwavering commitment to getting to the very bottom of the thing they revered more than anything on earth, the Torah. Had these dudes walked into a second grade classroom these days, say, they would probably be absolutely shocked to hear exclamations like, we don't raise our voices when we speak, or you have to raise your hand if you would like a turn to speak, or we don't insult our friends. Why? If the discussion matters, if it truly moves your body and soul, why shouldn't you be shouting? Why should you wait your turn? And why shouldn't you make your friend feel uncomfortable unless he or she really steps up their game and gives it their intellectual and spiritual all? Walk into any yeshiva, still to this day, and you'll hear right away that the Bet Bukaya roosters are alive and well. The Bet Midrash, the house of study, is still all about shouting, all about arguing vocally and vociferously, all about being pleasantly unpleasant until truth or something like it is uncovered and learned together and despite discomfort and egos and hurt feelings. And there's a major lesson here for us moderns. Sure, cancel culture and shouting down free speech are all bad, but the antidote isn't a tender, cautious, hesitant, polite approach that guards everyone's emotions. The antidote is stating simply that when we have the sort of discussions that really matter, which is to say the only sort of discussion that could truly pass for education, we should be prepared to shout and be shouted down. We should be prepared to earn our right to speak, and we should be prepared to learn the hard way how to listen, how to really listen. Look, I understand. None of this is nice. None of this makes for a good sentiment you could put on a pre-K classroom poster. But it's how you train great minds. Years later, the incomparable Rabbi Udanasi, looking back at the incident, still remembered these brash jerks who gave him so much strife. But more importantly, he still remembered precisely what he did manage to learn that day in their midst. He received an education for life and about life, which is what all of us so desperately need. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. 
Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.